Well, good morning. It is wonderful to have you all here this morning. Please join me as we sing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal, number 549. The doxology in the red hymnal, number 549. is hymn number 719. But the souls of the virtuous are in the hands of God. No torment shall ever touch them. In the eyes of the unwise they did appear to die. Their going looked like a disaster. They're leaving us like annihilation. But they are in peace. Yet God did not make man imperishable. He made him in the image of his own nature. But the virtuous live forever. Their recompense lies with the Lord. The Most High takes care of them. He will shelter them with his right hand and shield them with his arm. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 140, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing. Hymn number 140, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing. showers of blessing this is the promise of love there shall be seasons refreshing sent from the Savior above showers of blessing showers of blessing we need mercy drops round us are falling but for the showers we plead there shall be showers of blessing Precious revive us again Over the hills and the valleys Sound of abundance of rain Showers of blessing Showers of blessing we need Mercy drops round us are falling But for the showers we clean There shall be showers of blessing Send them above us, O Lord Grant to us now a refreshing, come now and honor your word. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. There shall be showers of blessing, oh that today they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing. Now as on Jesus we call, showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we come before you just as we are. 
And Lord, as we come here to worship, one of the things that we want to do is come before you with the needs and prayers and requests that we have in the lives of our friends, our family members, and ourselves. We also pray for the patients here at this medical center. We pray for the staff that is working, and we pray for the family members that will be visiting. And Lord, with our own personal needs, the challenges that we have, the physical needs, the emotional needs, the spiritual needs that we have, God, we just lay them before you right now. And we would ask that somehow this time of worship and this time of fellowship would meet some of those needs, that a life would be touched through your spirit, through the hymns that we sing, the prayers that we offer, and the scriptures that we read, that there would be some type of healing spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And so, Lord, we pray for those hopes that we have in our lives in you. We pray that as we worship you, God, we have that sense of spirit in our own individual lives. And we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for the servicemen and women of this nation that have made the sacrifices so that we can have this opportunity to worship you freely in this great country that we have. And Lord, we pray for this city, we pray for the state, we pray for this nation. And Lord, right now you're just calling to mind family members and friends that perhaps we haven't thought about in a long time. But your spirit is touching us, and right now, Lord, we are praying for them as well. We are also praying for the events that we've experienced this week, for people that we might not even know, but right now your images are calling to mind the people that you want us to pray for. And Lord, we lift them up to you in prayer. And God, we would ask that in the same way that your spirit is touching our lives this morning, that your spirit would touch them as well, and that you would hear the needs and requests that they have in their lives. And God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. And I just remembered to turn on the mic. <laughs> so maybe that will be more helpful, right? Please join me with our next hymn, number 130, which is Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. Now, who does not know this hymn? Okay, just test. All right. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong, they are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes. Let him. 
in terms of blessing the rank. What would I want to say? And I came up with the whole idea that when I would pray and bless the rank, that I would think of different biblical characters that they would invoke the character traits that, they ha- that these biblical characters had as they assume the rank of Brigadier General. And one of them that I specifically prayed for was Peter, that they would have the steadfastness of Peter. And why did I say that? Because Peter is referred to as the rock, correct? Unto which Jesus Christ would build his church. So I prayed for these newly brigadier generals that they would have the steadfastness of Peter, that they would be a foundation in terms of what they were trying to build within the organization. Jesus has called you and I in the same way that he called Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, and the other disciples to follow him. In the same way, God is calling you and I to have that steadfastness within our own faith, that we would be solid that we would be built on solid ground in terms of our faith, knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. That within our own personal lives, the Spirit of God would so indwell us that we would be the foundation for the work that God wants us to do within our daily lives. And God calls us in that same way. Now you and I perhaps are not fishermen, But God calls us in whatever we are doing every day to follow him, to be his disciple, to live a life in which, just like Simon, Peter, the rock, God can build things in your life to attract others to come to know Christ as their personal Savior. One of the things I think that's important here is as Jesus came and called them, he called them in all humility. He called them in all patience. He called them in all forgiveness. He called them in all understanding. He called them in all compassion. In the same way, he calls us in all humility, in patience, in forgiveness, in understanding, and in compassion. And do we embrace that in the same way? Are we willing to give all to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Are we willing to count the cost? Do we even have to count the cost if Christ is giving us all of these things just to be a follower of His? Do we even have to count the cost? Because we're given so much more in return that you and I could ever give up to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so when we think about that call that God has for us, what does that mean? Is it in our lives that we have some kind of transformation automatically or does that transformation take time? For me, I would say that that transformation in terms of being a follower of Jesus Christ, being a disciple, has taken time. And I still have a long way to go to be the disciple that God wants me to be. 
Because you see, it is taking one step after the other to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to respond to the call that he has given us. And that call is never obscure. We have talked about in this chapel that when God calls us to do certain things, when God wants us to be in special places, that obscurity is okay because God wants us where he wants us. And the world might say that what we're doing seems to be not very important and and seems to be very obscure, but God has called us in a very special, unique place. And when I think of that example for me, I think of my mom. My mom, what she did in the church is she was just an ordinary nursery worker. She just took care of the babies when people were in church. And I must admit, when I was a teenager, when I was a young adult, I really didn't see how effective that was in terms of a ministry that God had called my mom to do. I didn't understand that she was following the way that God wanted her to follow in the call to be a disciple to little babies. In fact, at times I often thought, maybe I didn't use the word obscure, but I I thought of it, well, you know, mom just kind of does that because she likes doing that and she likes taking care of babies and all that kind of stuff. But when my mother passed away and we were having the memorial service for my mom, these people showed up, and I didn't know who many of these people were, but these people were children that my mother had taken care of, and that my mother in the church ministry that she had of taking care of the nursery, she was now taking care of their children. So think about that, for instance. My mother had taken care of these adults as children in the nursery, and now my mom was taking care of their children in that same nursery. And God spoke to me in a very special way in terms of the importance of my mom's ministry and the calling that she responded to to be Christ's disciple in that nursery. And I remember that. In fact, after the memorial service and all the people were sharing their testimonies about the impact that my mom had on their lives, I felt how wrong I had been. You ever feel that way all of a sudden when you realize that you've had a perspective and a point of view and you see a different perspective and you see a different point of view and you see the impact that somebody has on someone's life and you're like, man, I had it all wrong. I had it all wrong. And so a lot of times when we think of God's discipleship, we think of one of the twelve. Or we think we have to be a Billy Graham or some other great preacher that we see on TV. But that's not the case for you and I. In fact, that's never the case. Because when God calls you, God calls you at a specific place and time to exercise His Spirit in the Spirit that you have in that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to other people. 
That is our call. And that can be done anywhere. You don't have to have some type of platform or some type of message. For you see, God has already given us that message through His Son, Jesus Christ. The message that we have as we respond to that call should be one of humility because Christ has given that to us. should be one of patience as we talked about the last time that I preached here in the chapel. We talked about how important patience is and what it identifies for ourselves in terms of our relationship with God and with others. We already have the platform for forgiveness for we know that Christ has died on the cross for your sins and for my sins and therefore by the grace of God we go forth and we share the forgiveness that God has given us with others. And then we see in terms of our following God that the understanding that he's already given us and the compassion that he wants us to express. We already have the platform in place to be a follower, to be a disciple. But maybe we might say, well, you know, today I just don't have the motivation, I just don't have the energy to be that disciple that God wants me to be. Maybe that's true. Maybe you didn't have your morning cup of coffee. Maybe you didn't have that breakfast that maybe you should have had. Maybe you ran too far and you shouldn't have ran three miles. You should have only ran two and now all of a sudden you don't have the energy. But those are physical motivations, not spiritual motivations. Because God has always wanted us to be motivated through His Spirit. And we see that motivation through the Spirit of His love that He has for us, through the Spirit of His grace. We just have to go back to that first love that we had in Jesus Christ when we accepted Him as our personal Savior. And maybe it was one of those Damascus Road type of experience when the pastor called you down from the pew that you were sitting in and you came down front and you accepted Jesus Christ. Or maybe it was a gradual process where God took you on this journey because you're one of those type of people that have to have some kind of mental ascent in terms of understanding who God is. And he put people in your lives and he put the word of God in your life and you followed that process and all of a sudden you realized that the right decision for you to make was to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Either way, either way, you responded to Christ's love in spirit and in truth. And you made that decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that should be our motivation every day regardless of how physically we might be tired or emotionally we might be drained, there's always that spiritual motivation that God wants us to have each day as we live for Him. And we just have to go back to that first place that we met God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we're like, okay, that's the motivation that I need to have. That's the motivation that I need to have to make it through this day. That is the motivation that I need to have to learn more about my relationship with God so I can share that with others. But then we might say, you know what, I don't know if I want to be a disciple because, you know, it just seems to be so demanding. 
And at times, being a follower of Jesus Christ seems to be so demeaning. But is it really? Is it so demanding? Is it so demeaning? Do we look at our relationship with God and do we see no strength? Do we look at our relationship with God, do we see no courage? Do we look at our relationship with God and see nothing? On the contrary, we look at our relationship with God and we see the courage and the strength that He gives us. We see the truth that God represents through His Son, Jesus Christ, in our own lives. And is that something that is demanding? Is that something that is demeaning? Or is it something that truly demonstrates God's relationship with us and in the same way He wants us to make that demonstration to others? The demonstration in which we have an attitude of selfless service of sacrifice, of sharing, of submissiveness. Because when we do those things, we are truly revealing the character of God in our lives. When we do those things, we are showing and demonstrating by the courage and the strength and the truth that Christ represents in our lives that we can do all those things and have no regrets because we are responding to the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And then we see as we are doing those things the whole idea of the purpose that God wants us to have each day. The purpose that you and I always look for in living is this all there is. The life around me doesn't seem to make any sense. And God says, look to me and I will give you that purpose and everything around you will make sense. You will see that as a follower, as you respond to the call of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, that you are productive in terms of what you're doing because you're ministering to the needs of others. And that you see your role in life as something that is important, not out of pride, not out of self-importance, not out of self-righteousness, but you see how important your life is because it is important to God. And then you see individually how important that is and you share with others the same importance that you have in God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You share with them the same purpose you share with them the whole fact that their lives can be productive too. Not as the world describes productivity, but as how God describes productivity through His Son, Jesus Christ. By showing others the same way you came to know Christ. By showing others the peace that you have in your life. By showing others what it's like to have the forgiveness of sin and that you've experienced the freedom that God wants you to have and that you are no longer burdened by the things of the past that you have done but you step forward with courage and with strength because you are responding to the call of God in your life. And then you begin to see the circumstances that are coming around in your life that you know what, they're not as a big a deal as you thought 
they were because God gives you a different vision for what he wants you to do. As you respond to the call of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, you see things in a different way. The light that is shining in your life comes through the Spirit of God in your life and therefore it gives you a different insight as to the meaning of the things that you're supposed to be doing. The people that you have in your life, you have a different sense of discernment as to what the needs are because you see as a follower of Jesus Christ you're not wrapped around yourself. You're not living with wrong. You're living with right. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, wanting to be God's disciple, you live in that whole idea in the light of righteousness, in the light of godliness, in the light of holiness. And it begins to see things in your life that you need to work on so you can become a better disciple. But it also gives you the discernment to see what's going on in other people's lives. It gives you a better insight in terms of how you can help, how you can pray, how within your own personal life you can be a better example to the family and friends that God puts you in contact with, your fellow employees that you work with, the fellow patients that are with you. And then you see truly what it's all about in terms of your desire to abide in Christ, to understand Christ's sacrificial attitude for you, for you to abide in the Word of God and the whole idea of reading the Scriptures and having some type of daily devotion with God, keeping that discipleship going. And then you fill yourself with a whole attitude of prayer. You find yourself praying for more people. You find yourself praying for circumstances that maybe in the past you wouldn't have even cared. All of a sudden you have a a prayer of conscience where you're praying for different things. Praying for different things that are taking place not in your own personal life, but in the lives of friends, in the lives of this city, in the lives of this state, in the lives of this nation. You offer prayers for people that perhaps maybe you, you would never have prayed before. But now as a follower of Jesus Christ, wanting to be his disciple, you find that God gives you an attitude of prayer to pray for others that perhaps maybe you never would have prayed for. And then you see within your own personal life what it means when Jesus calls you in spirit and in truth to follow me to follow me, to follow me. Because it is so important for you to follow Christ. Because that is the example of how we should live. That is the example of how we should bring others to the point to have them live in the same way. Demonstrating how much Jesus loves you by how much we love others as being his followers. So is my hope and prayer that our desire is to respond in the same way that Simon and Andrew did by immediately stop what they were doing 
and they became his followers because they saw that Jesus Christ was the way, the truth, and the life and that no one can come to the Father except through him. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion, which gives us a wonderful opportunity to publicly demonstrate how much we do love God through his Son, Jesus Christ. And we publicly give that testimony that we are his followers. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we thank you that you give us so many opportunities to follow you. You call us so many times to be your disciple. And Lord, we thank you that you never give up on wanting us to be your disciple. And we praise you for that. Lord, we thank you that we have this opportunity where we can acknowledge that desire to be your disciple publicly by taking the elements of communion, remembering what your Son, Jesus Christ, did for us on the cross. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins and loving us just the way we are. In Christ's name, amen. from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together.
Our closing hymn this morning is number 138, Standing on the Promises of Christ my King.